It's the truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Truth with Sherwin Hughes. Israel says, I'm troubled. Doesn't show up for debates on trial. He's on trial for. Is this the representative we want? Who are you talking about, Israel? I'm troubled. Doesn't show up for debates on trial for. Is this the representative you want? The only person I can I can think of is are you talking about Trump? Trump is absolutely the representative that some people want. I told y'all to do your research since you always telling me to do mine. I told you guys about Project 2025, and it is the lessons that were learned from the first. Trump term in office, how far can you go? How flexible and malleable is our Constitution and our democracy? How much power do we, the people in this nation, just afford to a president? Personally, I think we afford a lot of power to a president because we think the president can stop racism, change people's minds, and have total and complete control over the economy and interest rates and jobs and all that other stuff. We believe that a single human being in a constitutional capitalist republic can do all of those things. So we give the president a lot of power. Okay. Project 25 is probably one of the most it's evil. It's sadistic. It's sinister, but it also is brilliant because it looks at the U S constitution and our style of government and our democracy. And it looks where it's weak, where it's got cracks, where things are undecided or things are undetermined, or if there is no existing court case precedent. And they take this gray area in America and they give the benefit of the doubt to the president. Well, if there's no law on the books that says the president can't just fire every civil servant in the federal government and then hire people that are loyal to him, it's not illegal. So let's just do it. Well, between a a publication called The Nation and The New York Times, they have put together all of the details of what the next Trump term will look like. And I'm going to share this information with you because it's also indicative of the fact that America has lost even its veneer and appearance of innocence. But I want to share it with you so that you are aware. Doesn't mean you're going to do a damn thing about it. And it's not even designed to talk people out of voting for Trump. I'm done doing that. I'm not, I'm going to be respectful of those folk. I'm not going to try and change your mind. Because your mind is already made up and it has nothing to do with what I tell you. It has nothing to do with any facts. It has nothing to do with any details, any evidence. It has. I can't live in a world where evidence doesn't matter. And to engage with people whose mind is already made up about which direction they feel most comfortable in in this nation politically, they won't respond to facts. They are acting on emotion. And facts and facts are not feelings. Facts suck. You know what I mean? An emotion is I don't want to go to the doctor. The fact is when you go and they tell you you have cancer, you see what I'm saying? 
Like the feeling is just easier to live with. The fact hits you like a ton of bricks and people don't want to engage in facts because you can't really change them. As much as you want two plus two to equal five, you can't, you know? Oh, why is Bob? Why, Bob? Why? You better be playing the saxophone. Did it sound like he was playing the saxophone in the background? Hello, Sherwin. You there? Are you playing the saxophone? Sherwin? Bob, what? No, no. Okay, wait, wait. Before you jump on another topic, man, I've been to Indiana, Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, North Green Bay, and the one near Madison. Pottawatomie is beautiful. That don't mean you go. That's a weakness of mine. I go once every two months. Bob, you were just there in the last week. Yeah, that that means I can't go for about no more than once a month. And And then another thing you brought up, Thompson, when he was governor, I, I remember seeing a sign saying, Thompson wants you to move to Illinois because Thompson said that they were governor at the same time, both Thompsons. <laughs> that was funny. And Doc Rivers, I just can't believe that, man. He was head in the basketball thing. Uh, you know, east against west. Bob, can you keep it on? Can you keep it on the topic that we discussing? Because you know, there's sports talk radio. I mean, no offense, Bob, but just people don't like when you veer. We got to stay on the topic. Okay, okay. Your your last topic. You want to talk about a casino? You talked about a casino. You want to talk about Trump? Okay, talk about Trump then. Okay, that that's the last thing I'm gonna say, and then I ease off. I can't get it out of my claw of a person making fun of Nancy Pelosi's husband getting hit with a hammer. It, it, it just, running for president, it, it, it just, and, and that's about all. I mean, since I'm going to leave it off on Trump, because then what you talked about, sir, <laughs> and y'all got a beautiful casino. Ugh, that That is a nice. Stay out of it, Bob. Stay out the casino. Take care. <laughs> All right, then. Take care. All right, then. Now. Okay. <sighs> um, Alvis says, I don't know what that means. Why are people texting in their addresses? Okay, I don't know what's happening. Can y'all, people are like inquiring about like contests and stuff in the text messages. So somebody, somebody figure that out. All right. What else we got? Who is this? LT says, did I read that already? No. Personally, I would have built Miller Park downtown because at the time I worked across the street. However, fans overwhelmingly love to tailgate. And the Selig family made all of the money from parking. I'm not sure fans not wanting to see black people was the major driving force. Hang on. When somebody sends another text message, I lose the one I'm reading. Hang on, LT. 
I'm not sure fans not wanting to see black people was the major driving force. Otherwise, how do you explain white people coming to Bucks games? Because okay, I got a lot to unpack for you, LT. I'm glad you're bringing these questions up. How do you explain white people coming to Bucks games and they pay for the most expensive tickets? Cleveland has all of its venues in the same area, and when those teams suck, that whole area is a ghost town, especially when LeBron left the first time. So 60% of the season ticket holders for the Milwaukee Brewers live outside of the city of Milwaukee. Also, baseball and baseball fans, working-class fan base. Working-class whites are the most viscerally racist people you will ever come across because they are insecure about their economic futures, and they are the ones that think that the freed blacks from the South and the migrants are taking their jobs. The other thing is, the Milwaukee Bucks fan base is decidedly more urban. You will find the vast majority of the people that go to Bucks games are wealthier Milwaukee people. Just look at the ticket prices at the Pfizer Forum compared to Miller Park. Yeah, they may offer $10 tickets at Bucks games on rare occasion in seats so high up in the rafters, you better off watching it at home. It's $5 most Brewers games to go see the Brewers play. There is a, a, a demographic and economic difference in income difference and an education difference. I bet if you survey the people that are that are diehard professional basketball fans, they probably have a higher level of education and a higher level of income. So about tailgating, no, you're right, LT. They do like to tailgate out at Miller Park. And so putting what would have been Miller Park downtown would have taken away the the revenues from tailgating that the brewers probably make. You don't think that if they would have put where the baseball stadium is, where the Five surveys now. The Deer District is all concrete. That's where your tailgating would be. So there'd be plenty of room for tailgating. Here's the problem. The city of Milwaukee would make a disproportionate amount of money off of people coming to Brewers games if the baseball stadium was downtown because you'd have to park in structures. Right? But no, it all could have been done because the Deer District is is acres of concrete. So imagine if the baseball park was where the five serve is – and the five serve is where the Bradley Center used to be. Now, they would have lost the Deer District, but the only reason why they were able to get the Deer District anyway is because Miller Park wasn't there using all that concrete for tailgating. Oh, there we had enough acreage. We had like 20 acres of develop, maybe more than that, or the city had 20 acres of developable land once they tore down 145, that freeway that kind of rose over downtown, had those big old pylons or whatever you call them, Right. Oh, we could have did it all. But segregation 100% played a role. The reason why demographically and electorally Waukesha looks the way that it looks is because those are people that fled the city because of us. You think they would come back to the city to watch their beloved brewers? They will not. They will not. Let's see what else we got here. Trying to read all your comments. Dion said the United States is going to implode if Trump is elected again. Oh, it'll be worse than that. I realize that there is no, and I learned this lesson in 2016. There's no warning I can give y'all that'll be effective enough in changing an emotional voter's mind. You can close your eyes. The human mind is fascinating. Because it likes equilibrium. And if you think that the country was better under Trump, you just, because you just, oh, 
And you think of the most unusual things. Oh, gas prices were cheaper. And, oh, um, I had a job when Trump was president. Oh, I remember it was real warm in the summertime when Trump was president. Like your mind will concoct all of these things to justify how you feel about him and his politics. It doesn't matter that he's on trial. You know that? So probably 50 million people in this country. It doesn't matter that the former president of the United States might be a felon and may not be able to cast a vote for himself because felons can't vote. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he was convicted of sexually assaulting a woman and owes her like $90 million. It doesn't matter that he lied about the value of his businesses. He inflated the value of his real estate, then went to banks with inflated real estate values and borrowed money to buy more real estate. And he inflated those values too. All of that stuff is felonious. The Trump Towers are going to be placed in receivership. His buildings that bear his name are all going to have liens on them. And if this man does not pay this for, let me tell you, I got to be honest with y'all. If the man doesn't pay, what do you owe? 400 million, something like that. 380, 50, 78 million. Do you understand that the president gets a check? I don't even know why I'm getting mad. I'm getting mad because people just, they refuse to understand it. If Donald Trump does not pay the money that he owes in these court costs, you know, as president of the United States, you get a salary, $400,000 a year, right? You knew that. They're going to garnish his wages. President of the United States, the first time in the history of the republic, a president will have his paycheck garnished to pay his debts. Donald Trump going to have his paycheck garnished like he owes child support. But none of that matters to people, though. And I ain't going to waste my time. You see how frustrated I get? I was supposed to be talking about America's innocence, but let me just let me just share some of this stuff with you about Project 2025. These are the things that are very, very intelligent people, and quite honestly, their constitutional scholars have put together about what the Donald Trump term is going to look like. Right, right away, so day one stuff, when he... It's an office. All right. So mass layoffs of civil servants. So to reapply for any job in the federal government, you're going to have to be a Trump loyalist. Enlist Trump. Okay, right here. It's on the list. Okay. So mass layoff of civil servants. Enlist Trump loyalists to replace all civil servants. Terminate the Constitution. Politicize the Department of Justice to investigate all of his political adversaries. Mass deportations of migrants, bomb Mexico, shoot migrants at the border wall, electrify the wall, build border moats with snakes and alligators. I'm not kidding you. Oh, you think I'm playing? I'm not. Oh, there's more. Reinstates and expand the ban of people from majority Muslim countries. Impose ideological screening for migrants revoke student visas of those who espouse anti-American or anti-Semitic views and birthright citizenship. Support Israel's effort to destroy Hamas, withdraw from NATO, punish hospitals that provide any transgender care, national ban on trans care for children, ask Congress to pass a bill establishing that there are only two genders. So it'll be an official Federal law that there's only two genders, meaning anyone who identifies as anything other than the two genders, you are no longer a human. Exit the Paris Climate Accords. End wind power subsidies. Eliminate regulations imposed and proposed by the Biden administration. 
gut the Environmental Protection Agency, increase the use of fossil fuels. Is there another one? Uh, yeah. So this is just where, where the Trump term would begin. All right, I'm going to take a break. Chat more on the other side. The truth for Sherwin Hughes will be back shortly. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes returns after this on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Who's that? Who's that online one, Ria? You don't know? They didn't want to tell the name. I was going to talk about the Democrats and the Republicans. Oh, you do, do you? Yes. When it comes to a national disaster like 9-11, a whole country. What's your name, sir? What is and, it? And everybody can Everybody came together as one and what, worked as what, one. Who am, I spe- who am I speaking with? First, we do introductions first. Hi, I'm Sherwin. This, this Who's this? Hi, this is Tony. Hi, Tony. Tony, where are you calling from? I'm calling from a box truck. I'm driving down. I'm passenger down. We're going down the road. Okay. What's in that box truck, Tony? Paper goods. All right. Proceed. Go ahead, Tony. I just screened the call. Now you're good to go. Go I ahead. Was, uh, you know, when it comes down to, like I said, when, when 9-11 happened, there was no bickering and arguing between Democratic and Republican parties. They all, everybody came together as one to handle a national disaster. Now, if they can do that at times like that, there's no reason they can't get along and pass bills and work together instead of stalling bills and taking two weeks off. When you got a major bill on the books, and it should be, well, we'll pass this bill if we get this added on. They're just about like a bunch of little kids fighting over a marble game on the playground. I don't disagree with you, Tony, but what that says is we need another national disaster in order to get Congress to work together. Because I don't know if you really no. remember the days before that. You think that the Democrats were getting along with the Bush administration before September 11th? They were not, but you're correct. They bombed the towers or whatever happened to the towers. And you got all the Congress on the steps saying, God bless America in unison because there was that national disaster. That is why false flag events and national disasters are wonderful for patriotism. So unless you're gunning for another national disaster to get us all back together, that is what it's going to take because we are dramatically more divided now than we were even before September 11th because the the Democrats and the Republicans didn't get along then either, you know. Isn't what's going on with Ukraine and all of Hamas and everywhere else? Isn't that almost like going to be a national disaster? No, because that's another what country. I'm getting at is if they can, what I'm getting what I'm getting at is if they can get along for stuff like that, there's no reason they got to be fighting each other to pass resolutions and pass bills. Now, I mean, but the problem is, is we got too many old dinosaurs that are in office that are used to their old stubborn ways. And it should take more than it shouldn't take them dying off before you get younger blood into Congress. You think the we younger representatives younger in Congress are going to get along? Do you know the young people fundamentally hate each other, too, especially when it comes to LGBTQ and when it comes to a whole bunch of social issues? They're going to fight more than the old people do. But what you're saying is 
we need a national disaster to bring no, folks back together. And, and what's happening in Israel what and in the Ukraine, those are not American disasters because that's on somebody else's soil. you got to bring something that's here for Americans to come together. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying we need a national disaster. I'm saying is if they have enough guts to come together, then there should be no reason that they can't make things easier to pass legislation now, just like Trump. And when Trump gets back in the office, he's got all the stuff he wants to do. I mean, he, when he was the only president, I'm 58, he was the only president in four-year term that shook up everything as much as he did and accomplished what he you did. You also know that the, the shaking up that he did violated the U.S. Constitution, federal and state law, and that he's on trial? So if that is your idea of shaking up, then I think we have a different no, view of the law. I wish your folks were more law-abiding. I wish that you guys understood law and order. I wish the president understood law and order. And I wish the people that support him were law-abiding citizens. And some of y'all are proving that you aren't because when the president of the United States breaks federal law, there are consequences. And you're literally seeing that play out. Yet you guys still support him? I thought you were law and order people. I'm saying, I'm saying he, he, what he did, he deserves to pay the consequences that he did. All I'm saying is he had enough balls to try to do something and make it better. I've never been against the law in my life there. I, I don't even have a record for being 58 years old. I've never been in trouble with the law. I'm just saying this. We need to get the dinosaurs that are in Congress to get open their minds up like some of the younger generation that are trying to get these LBGTQ things passed through. If you get a younger group of people in it that are more acknowledgeable and know more about it and have actually experienced people that are doing this and going through these changes like these young people are doing, it might make it easier to get stuff done because you have people that actually understand what's happening. Tony, old people don't don't vote for young people. The reason why we have, as you call them, so many dinosaurs in Congress because the voters are dinosaurs. Somebody who's 70 is not going to vote for somebody who's 30. Somebody who's 30 does not have the life experience to be a good legislator or a good executive, and that's just fact. But I'm talking 30, 40 area. You need to get more people... If they get the older people out, the younger people might be voting for more people to get in Congress that are younger because they have gone through the experiences that these older people have not. All right. Do you have any children, Tony? I don't have any kids, but everybody I know does. And I've seen, you know, I've seen these people. I've seen the trouble these kids are having. There's not there's not enough programs are not enough people out there to help a lot of these kids that are going through the problems they're going through with them from I'm talking kindergarten all the way up. You know, I've seen that I'm. With the school system, they just can't get people to come in that want to work for the wages that the schools are paying. And I know it's a situation where schools don't have the funding, but we have to get the younger generation more involved with what's going on with the people in the younger generation. If we get younger people in Congress that have been paying attention to this and know about what is going on, it might make it easier for other people to understand and come together and pass laws that will actually help the entire country and help the United States. Where are you from, Tony? I'm from Wisconsin. No, Tony, you know what I'm asking. Where do you pay your property taxes, Tony? Who do you write that check to, Tony? In Milwaukee. Oh, you live in Milwaukee. I've been in Milwaukee my whole life. Oh. I, I was born in Milwaukee, and I've been li- I've, Milwaukee's my home. Oh, you're a Southsider. Yes. Ah, that's what I thought. Where's about on the South Side? You ain't got to give your exact address. I'm just curious. I live in Bayview. Oh, okay. All right. Right, Tony. We'll and that's that's a big area. There's a lot of people, a lot of different cultures moving into Bayview. Sure. And I have not seen a problem with anybody not getting along. It's just, you know, it, it, there's more and more immigrants and people moving in to better areas of the city because they want to get away from all the violence. But on that route, when you get immigrants that come over here illegally and have families over here 
and now they're talking about deporting the, the parents and not the kids because the kids are considered legal immigrants now. Congress is just separating families. I say, if, if, you, if you want to deport the family, don't separate the kids from the family. They deport everybody and let them come back in the way they're supposed to. Or the border. The maybe border we just let we have now is ridiculous. Or maybe we just let the people that are here stay here and they contribute to Social Security, which you and I are going to need. But we may not get if those migrants aren't granted citizenship and a legitimate Social Security number so they can okay. pay. Into how, the many those pe- how many of those people that come over send money back to their family in the existing countries where they live from and, and live on the bare minimum here. And when people come over here and open up businesses, they get, they don't pay taxes for seven years. That's not and true. They just keep that's, we got to stop that. Tony, that is not true. That is no, no one doesn't okay. pay taxes for seven. Years. That's okay. not true. So, but I understand okay. why I, you would be I, concerned I redact about that, but I, here's the thing. Don't I redact I, that. Okay. But I understand why you would feel the way that you do about the migrants because some of them in some states can get driver's licenses and they might be driving the box truck you're driving right now to put food on your table. Or hit, so I or get hit the box truck or hit the box truck I'm driving because they don't understand the signs. Oh, that's, that's when you have to have an interpreter read the t- driver's test to you so you can pass it. They, if they come over here, they need to speak the language that's here. Just like if we go other countries, we have to speak the language there so we know so we can communicate. It's getting to the point where anybody can come over here and have one person in the family interpret for everybody and go to get their driver's license and not even speak English and have a person read it to them who speaks their language. Tony, you know what a more likely scenario is? Here's more likely than a migrant getting a driver's license, not knowing the signs and potentially hitting you. Here's the the reason why it's a, a problem for all of us when people are not granted citizenship. God forbid something happened to you, Tony. I want you to be able to do your job every single day and go home every single night very safely. But if there's someone that that hits you, that's an American citizen, because the likelihood that if you're going to get into a traffic accident, it's going to be with another American. And if the only person that witnesses that accident that can really get the person that hits you, the offender in trouble and make them have to pay a whole bunch of money, maybe even go to jail is a migrant. If a migrant witnesses the accident in which you are a victim, they are not going to come forward because they're worried about somebody like you wanting them deported. There are migrants that witness crimes all over this country, but they do not give their testimony. And there are families that still do not get justice because if a migrant comes forward and says, no, I witnessed this, I have all the information and they don't come forward because they're afraid of folks like you and others like you. They want them deported. Crimes go unsolved. We have to just understand whether we like it or not. There are going to be people that are going to come to this country. They might even make this country better than we are because all those divisions you were talking about, all the people in Congress, those are citizens. That's right. Those aren't migrants. Those are people that are here that are supposed to understand and protect yes. the American now, experiment. Those, this is a those, country of immigrants. Those. I bet if we went back in your family, Tony, we could find somebody that came from Germany or maybe Poland or maybe my Yugoslavia. Family immigrated. My, my parents' family immigrated from northern Italy, but they did it right. Do you know that we didn't want Italians in this country? Do you know how dirty Italians were? Do you know Italians were relegated Italians, to... They, they, they didn't want Italians. They didn't want Polish. They didn't want German. But like you don't want Mexicans, right? I, I don't. If they, I welcome anybody into this country if they do it the legal way and come in and pay their taxes and support the country and the areas that they live in. I've got nothing against immigrant people coming over here. If they Only come, thing I have a problem with them Europe. not doing it right. And if they, I don't come. care what country, what nationality, what color they are. Okay. Come over here and do it the right way. And what if there is to the 
area but Tony, or city or state that you're living in. What if there is no right way? Because as you said earlier, our members of Congress can't get it right. What if the immigration system is more broken now because there are some people, maybe not you, that are worried about migrants, especially of a different race or a different skin color, coming over here and boosting their numbers in our population? When people were coming from Italy and they were coming from England and Poland, those were all white folks. It it falls back down to Republicans and Democrats fighting fighting with each other like two kids over a sucker on the playground. So if they can't get it together, then why should hardworking families that want to come to America and quite honestly make it better than Americans are making it right now, why should those migrant families have to wait? Because we don't appreciate the situation that they are running from. There are people that are risking their lives to get to this country to try and make it better. And we over here complaining about it. Well, not us, but mostly you. Okay, who else risked their lives for this country? Any service member. Apples and oranges. No, it's not. You're going to compare a veteran to someone who is fleeing drug cartels that want to want to bring their children to a country that's safe where they can get health care and clean water and indoor plumbing. You're going to service members. They they send them all over the country. My father was a Marine. He was in Korea. They send them all over the country to help fight for these other countries to get things to, and worlds to get things back to status quo. They send them over all the time to help these other countries fight their wars. If I don't, if, if you have an immigrant that gets sent overseas to fight a war. All right. Are you, and, did you enlist in the service, no Tony? We're not going to go down the road with the veterans. Did you enlist in the service? I was not accepted in the service because of my back. Okay. Do you know that there are people that if we grant, hold on a second, Tony, you know that there are people that if we allow them the pathway to citizenship once they are here, because we can't wait for them to wait for our American immigration system to fix itself. Because like you said, the people in Congress, the Democrats and Republicans can't get their act together. But there are people that if they are given citizenship, they want to be in the U.S. military. So I'm glad that you have reverence for our members of the military. But there are people from Guada, um, from Guatemala and from El Salvador and from Mexico that if they were American citizens, they would love to fight for this country. But we are denying them that, aren't we? Well, like I said, they're de- if they come in here legally, they won't be denied. If there is no way to come into this country legally. This, the immigration so, system is broken. There is no Because there is no legal way to come into this country, you want all these people to just wait? Well, then maybe your family should have waited, too. They should have waited. Fix the, con- fix the country they're in like we've been doing. All right. You got to get, you gotta get the, uh, the dinosaurs out, get younger people in that are willing to make a change and work together is what it comes down to. Right. You can solve all the problems that they're having if, if Congress is not so stubborn against each other. And you they're think like, that if we got Congress to work together, Tony, you think that regular, average, everyday American citizens, you think that we're going to get along? Because we're actually the problem. The reason why we have a Congress that looks the way it does and acts the way it does is because we, the people, are just as divided, if not more divided, than they are. But, Tony, I got to go. It's been nice talking to you. Get, get Congress organized and get them to work together, and the whole country will change their attitude. You have a nice day, sir. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Did I waste too much time on that? I wanted to further explore it because I wanted people to hear his perspective. What Tony has... Oh, he's going. He's not going to like this because he's still listening. That was an elegant and articulate form of racism. Precisely what it was. My family came over here the right way. Yeah, because we needed labor in this country. That's why. And if you come over here as an immigrant, you have to get Americanized. 
You have to shed your skin. You know, Italians that came over here didn't want people to know that they were Italian. They learned English. They changed their appearance. They even changed their names. Now, when people come to this country, they don't want to have to do that, nor should we require it. And then he tried to bring in the veterans. There's a whole bunch of migrants that if we give them American citizenship, they will fight harder for this country than they did for their own. You hear Tony, Tony, he, I, I couldn't, I would, I would, my back hurt. I would, I would, I would, I couldn't get into the military. All right, Tony. I thought Tony was from Waukesha. I'm waiting on him to say it. I'm waiting. He might be from Waukesha. He just said Bayview. He had that accent here. No, members of Congress just get it together and then everything will be fine. First of all, the people in America, like we hate each other. If Congress gets along, that is not going to change how Americans feel about one another. I'll take a break. I see y'all on one today, huh? Okay. Y'all want to dance with your boy? Come on. Who is this? Somebody else calling. Hold on a second. Hello? Hey, what's going on, man? This is the call. I want to come in. You got to hang on. I got to take a break. And I'm going to come back to you. All right, brother. Okay. All right. On on the last call. Okay. You get your -hmm. your comments in order. I'm going to take a little break. I'll come right back to you. Don't go anywhere. Hold on. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. Don't touch that dial. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. All right, let's talk to... The caller, you're on 1017 True. Thank you for holding. Hey, Brother Hughes. I just wanted to make a comment regarding uh, what I made before, uh, how a person comes to this country affecting the trajectory of that family going forward for many generations. Um, There is no right way to actually discover a place and then murder 7 million people to steal it in the name of God, saying everything from the Atlantic which is manifest blasphemy to the Pacific belongs to you. I'm sure you'll agree. And hundred million people. In the year, I think on hundred million, seven million, hundred million, one hundred million. Hundred million. Okay, I, I, I like that number better. Um, and earlier in the year, I believe it was New Year's. I just brought up a thought that I had that uh, if, like many people who live in Bayview, who you know came here in the 1900s, if you were not here prior to the Civil War, how you came here is based on people coming here the wrong way. And so, if you remember on that date, I said, well, uh, as a part of reparations, people who came here the wrong way, you know, if, if, if you came here the wrong way forcefully, then you should have additional rights because not only did you fight to save, liberate your families, like many of our great-great-grandfathers did, uh, you saved this this country that was actually stolen, and you saved it time and time again. So uh, if we're talking about equity in this country, there is nobody who has it more than uh, the demographic of the two gentlemen who are on the phone, you and I, and our predecessors. So for Tony to, to talk about uh, new immigrants as if there's something different than the many European immigrants that you mentioned on New Year's who are able to hide because they're white, is comical to me. And so should my I guess my rhetorical question is if you came to Ellis Island after the Civil War, 
maybe you should have less rights like you're suggesting that these new immigrants should have. That's all. All right. Make a good Thank point. You, Thank you. Appreciate your call. Mm-hmm. All right. Then now. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is not the direction I wanted to go in, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't what I wanted to discuss today. You're right, Rhea. I did answer the phone. I thought it was a worthwhile conversation because folks like Tony aren't heard from very often when it comes to people like us. And part of why I think we're so divided is because those conversations are few and far between. And if Tony's complaint was, oh, Congress needs to get their act together and Congress can't decide on anything. Congress is a beautiful reflection of the people that they represent. We put them there to do what they are doing. Y'all remember when I had Marjorie Taylor Greene here and she tweeted out on Trump's social media, truth social, because somebody kept telling, oh, sure, when they're tweeting about you, they're talking about you, they're talking about you. And I looked on the regular normal people Twitter and I ain't see hardly nothing. Well, apparently she tweeted about her trip to the truth on truth social on Donald Trump's social media platform. And that's how this guy from Georgia, the next day, a guy from Georgia called in. So I heard you talking to our representative. Boy, we sure love us some Marjorie Taylor Greene. And let me tell you why I love her so much. I would, and I'm saying this diplomatically, call her an antagonist to President Joe Biden. But she was elected, elected to be the antagonist. So if we are upset that Congress is not getting along, we are responsible for that. Like we don't we're not taking responsibility for how basically Congress, there are children. We support them with our votes. There are dependents. They are dependent upon us. And we don't like how our kids is acting and we want to blame the kids. No. It's us. It's our fault for sending the people to Congress that we send there. Here's the other thing. Y'all stop. Stop saying that you want younger people in office. I think people say it because, you know, it ain't going to happen. Well, if we just got younger people in office, let me give you an example. Mandela Barnes is probably 25, 30 years younger than Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson, who was a part of the Donald Trump fake elector scam in Wisconsin, got reelected over the young guy. Young people don't get elected mostly for a bunch of reasons because old people who are actually the voters don't vote for young people and young people don't vote for young people because young people are not engaged in politics like they should be. Because here's the thing about politics. The stuff that we have on our minds right now that we want fixed ain't gonna get fixed for 30 years. So if you're a young person right now, what bothers you right now about the world, if you get involved in politics That means that you don't want the problems that are bothering you right now to bother the next generation. You can't get into politics and fix stuff right now. It'll never work that way. There are very few things in this country that we can enact politically that change overnight. Very few things in politics changes overnight. This is not the short attention span Internet. We think because we want a product or a service, we can go on our phones and we can get it. I can order something on Amazon and depending upon what it is, I can have it before I have dinner tonight. If I want food, I can have DoorDash food waiting on me when I get home. Politics does not work that way. And people are just, they just don't understand. Like, wait a minute, why can't we fix all this stuff? Because it was hundreds of years, like literally centuries in the making. You don't just undo 
things that you don't like. You have to be committed to wanting to fix things, but also you have to dedicate your life to social change because we think that we want change don't mean it's going to happen. And everything that we want change, whatever it is, there are opposing forces that want things to stay the same. I don't care what it is that you want changed. Somebody wants it to stay the same and to stay the same people have way more to lose if things change, especially if things change for the better for people of color and minority and trans folk and LGBTQ folk. So it's not just about us agreeing that we want change and we do. It's the forces that want things to either stay the same or now there's forces that want things to go in reverse. What you going to do about those people? And they don't respond to logic. They don't respond to fact. So the biggest opponents to the change that we all want to see are our fellow citizens that do not want change at all. Can't blame the politicians for that. That is squarely on our shoulders. You're listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 FM. I'll be right back. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes returns after this on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. It's The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Candidate from Milwaukee, city of Milwaukee. Comptroller, which is different than Milwaukee County Comptroller. Michael Harper's running for that one. Bill Christensen is going to be here. Sometimes I feel bad because when I agree, say, interview somebody, and I tell them, oh, yeah, come to the station. I'm not real specific on how you get to our studio. It's not easy. If you've never been here before, and this has happened a number of times, and we invite you to be on one of our shows. Good luck. It's a whole paragraph that we have to send people on how to get even in the right vicinity. A lot of times people go upstairs to the second floor and that's a disaster. Rhea, do you know if somebody actually sits at that front desk? Cause somebody needs to get buzzed in. Somebody got to be there's somebody there all the time. Cause Jesse, the previous person, she didn't used to be there. She used to just be kicking it. And I have, there was one morning where I'm coming into the station and it was just a lady just standing there. She's like, oh, I'm supposed to be on with Jen, Gabe and Chewy. I'm like, oh, they in there. Why are you out here? Nobody will let me in. I felt bad. She's from Palermo's Pizza. That's a big sponsor. She was just out there chilling with nobody answering the phone. So did you show her where to go? Yeah. I said, follow me, lady. And I had to ask her. I was like, You're a, are you a terrorist? She's like, no, I work for Palermo's Pizza. I was like, all right, now, because I ain't supposed to be letting people in. We had a whole a training that said, hey, if somebody doesn't have a badge or a key card, no matter what they say, you're not supposed to let them in. I should have said, I'm sorry, ma'am, I don't have your credentials. But we do that all the time. When I get here in the morning, if somebody's walking behind me, Here's what I do, because I don't know who them people are, because I don't want to be the one responsible for letting in a mass shooter. So if I hear somebody behind me and they're walking in the same door that I'm walking in, those big glass double doors right when you come off the parking shoulder, I just walk real fast and I close the door behind me so I don't even have to worry about letting them in. That's what I do. And I don't really hold the door for people either. If somebody's really, really close, I'll hold the door. 
But I'm not going to be one of those people where if somebody's 30 yards away and then I hold the door, because then the person is 30 yards away that I'm holding the door for. Then they do that awkward run, like that awkward jog, because, oh, I got they're holding the door. And they look all weird. And like their arms are moving faster than their legs. Like, oh, okay, thank you. You're going to hold that. Oh, thanks. They got to yell thank you because they're so far away. I don't do that. And a lot of times when people hold the door for me, I just wave them off like, gone on, I ain't going to do that funny walk. But that is how people show that they're not racist. Because think about it, black folks. If you're walking in a building and it's a Caucasian person walking in front of you and they don't hold that door. I mean, they're you're close. You're real close. Like if they just held the door for two seconds, you would be right behind them. You know what I mean? That's racist. Because why wouldn't you hold the door for me? And all of a sudden, when that happens to me, because I don't hold the door for people, but I become a hypocrite racially. Then I turn into Malcolm X. Oh, you can't hold the door for a brother. Okay. And I raise my fist in the air. And then all of a sudden, my clothes turn into traditional African garb. My hair afros instantaneously. I have a large Africa medallion around my neck. And then all of a sudden, I start marching. Your hair grows like a chia pet. Yes. Just spring into action. It does. Whenever I need to go all full black power, I go black power. Chia-chia-chia. That's racist. Okay. D. Woods said, Hispanic people do not support black businesses. That's kind of a blanket statement. I've been wanting to talk to you all about black businesses all week, but I kept getting... Because other topics have become more interesting than the information I have on black businesses. And, you know, I'm supposed to universally support all black businesses, no matter what you sell, even if y'all sell stuff that I don't buy. Can we please stop with the sweet shops? Can we stop selling cake? Can we stop selling pies? Please, y'all, please. We saturate the market. We don't need more barbecue places. We don't need more soul food restaurants. Y'all, we don't need more. I, I know it. I know it. I know it. But here's the thing. What are we selling that other people actually want to buy? Y'all got to stop thinking like this now. We got to stop getting out of this very narrow-minded way of thinking. Black folks need to sell stuff to white people. There's more of them. They have the money. They are the biggest consumer base. Now, with us, we spend all the money we got. So we seem like really big consumers. We'll spend money until we can't pay the rent no more. White folks have what's called disposable income, and that's what they get from having generational wealth and owning homes and having equity. They have a certain amount of money that they're willing to throw away completely. Sometimes it's on trips. Sometimes it's going out to eat. Sometimes it's buying novelty items. That is where our financial salvation lies. But we are not selling white people things white people want to buy. And I gave you all the idea already. You just don't listen, old Sherwin. If you start a yoga studio that occasionally has goat yoga, a coffee shop, and a dog daycare, you'll get rich. You'll get wealthy. Yoga with goats, a coffee shop, and then have like artesian candles and crystals and stuff. Goat yoga, a coffee shop. And a doggy daycare. Do you know that these folks will pay? Well, do you have luxury VIP suites for my dog? How much is it? $700 a night? Perfect. I'll take, I'll take it for five nights. We're going on a cruise. 
Start selling white people stuff that white people buy. The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back.